1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Welcome to the show. Cowboys roughed up in the Bay Area last night. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. It is Maggie and Perloff here on CBS Sports Sports Radio Rock Purdy, now MVP front runner, according to Peter King, Football Morning in America. I mean, this whole team is so good for the 49ers. I don't know how, I guess just because we're obsessed with quarterbacks and because they touch the ball in every offensive play, you give it to Purdy, but they have so many incredible weapons. To me, like, the run game and the defense is the thing about the 49ers that makes them so special. It's not because their quarterback's going above and beyond.
3: Well, last night it was Purdy. I mean, he went against the best defense in the league and just, Absolutely pick them apart.
4: Well, the
2: 49ers are probably the best defense in the league. I mean, I think the Cowboys are still a good defense, even though they gave up 42 points last night. They are still a good defense. They got no help from their offense, who was going three and out like it was their job. But for Purdy, it's like he's good, but he's not making these spectacular wow throws. He makes like four good throws a game. And then you have Christian McCaffrey, you have Ayuk, and you have Debo Samuel. And you have like this very balanced offense where Kittle finally breaks out for touchdowns last night. Like, how can you pick an MVP on the 49ers?
3: I think you have the draft bias. If he was the number one overall pick in doing this, you'd be like, oh, that's the MVP. But the fact that he's Mr. Irrelevant. I think you're underestimating what he's doing. Well, it's part
2: of his story. I don't think that's a bias. I think that's a plus for him. Like, he's shown that it didn't matter where he got chosen. But look at what he's actually asked to do. It's not, he moves the ball downfield, but it's not explosive play after explosive play.
3: I mean, I think if you look at the numbers, he has a lot of 20-plus yard plays. A lot of that is running after the catch. But also, he's been, the last two games, he's been very accurate down the field. I don't know. He looks almost perfect to me.
2: He is almost perfect, but if you didn't have that run game, and I know you could say that a lot of about a lot of quarterbacks, but if you didn't have that dynamic run game where it's not just about McCaffrey, the fact that Debo's able to do what he does, which is take these end arounds and get eight yards on it, you'll notice with Kyle Shanahan, anytime Purdy even has like a half of a screw up, they call three straight run plays. It's like they just have that ability and yep. you know, Purdy's excellent. Like they can win a Super Bowl with Purdy, of course, but MVP to me is a bit far.
3: I mean, look at his numbers. He's completing 73% of his passes, nine touchdowns, zero picks. Already he's up to almost 1,300 yards. It's going to be impossible. If this continues, it's going to be him and Tua really battling it out. If he has a nearly perfect season and the team is nearly perfect... Yeah. He's got to win an MVP. It reminds me a little bit of Matt Ryan under Kyle Shanahan in 2016. Like everything is cooking. And the amazing thing about them, is, I don't think it's a run game or Purdy. They can beat you in nine different ways. I know, And that's- there's so many ways. And I don't think it's a run game really, because I think the pass game is even more deadly because you have Ayuk, you have Debo, you have McCaffrey and Kittle. The pass game, who do you stop? If you
2: And use check. Don't forget about him. He's second. always good for a couple of catches a game. Jeez.
3: Say you want to take out the best weapon. You have no chance. you you think that'd be McCaffrey. But then, like, last night, they hit you with Kittle.
2: It's, it's that positionless football, you yeah. know? And that's where the 49ers evolved this thing past everyone else,
5: you know? A-
3: and you blamed... You say that the Dallas offense was not good last night, but what are you supposed to do if you're Dak Prescott and Nick Bosa is just destroying your right tackle anytime he wants?
2: Listen, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line injuries are definitely caught up with them last night. Dak didn't have a lot of time, but that's where you're hoping with a play caller and head coach who's on the offensive side of the ball to try to do anything. They had no answers for the 49ers, the Cowboys offense, that is, no answers all game long. And that's why I think that the Cowboys defense actually didn't play that bad. They just were on the field for, it felt like all night because the offense kept going three and out.
3: I, I disagree in the sense that did you see Brock Purdy under any pressure at any point in the game? Do you remember? Uh, a-
2: yeah, he felt it a little bit, but again, they're so dynamic. Like it, It it didn't, it didn't matter. It's like, if you're going to run, I can't believe even the RPOs, like they even try to play some of that stuff. And it's like, who's even biting on that? You know that he's going to be handing the ball off. It's just crazy to me.
3: Yeah. I I think it was a whole team loss for the Cowboys and a whole team effort for the Niners. Here's the thing. If the Niners stay healthy, I mean, everyone knows I'm an Eagles fan, but forget it. The Niners are by far the number one team in the league right now. Totally. You can't have this many potential Hall of Famers on your team and not win a Super Bowl. You you look at this team, maybe as a historically great team right now.
2: I think you're right. They look like, I mean, you're Eagles, I guess. And who else is really going to put up a fight? And then you look over at the AFC and I mean, you got Travis Kelsey gets banged up a little yep. bit yesterday. He d- ends up coming back. To the sidelines, but was you know basically a non-factor in the second half for the most part. Chiefs are in a one-score game on the road against the Vikings. Bills get you know get thumped yesterday in London. Bengals look a little bit back because Joe Burrow suddenly is fine, I guess. But who in the AFC is blowing the doors off you? Ravens Uh, lost yesterday.
3: Yeah, maybe the Dolphins.
2: Dolphins are still good, but I mean, definitely Bills at least showed how they Mm. can slow them down a little bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that narrative that the AFC was way better than the NFC has already completely fallen apart. But I do think the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Bills, uh, the Ravens, there are enough teams that could compete here. I I think they could all beat San Francisco on a given day. The
2: other thing, too, about Miami, though, let's not fall into the trap like we did with the Cowboys, which is you beat the Giants by a lot. It doesn't really mean what you think it means.
3: Yeah, and and Miami's Miami's not going to do that against San Francisco. San Francisco, though, always has the same problem they always have injuries by the end of the season. So we'll see. It's week five. Let's not declare MVPs and Super Bowl champions with too much confidence. <laughs> I,
2: listen, I'm not saying Purdy's the MVP. Y'all are saying it. 855 Let's go to Daryl. He's in California. Good morning, Daryl. How are you?
6: Hey, how you doing this morning? Excellent. Yeah, I just wanted to say about the game last night. Um, you mentioned earlier about how the uh, 49ers defense was so suffocating. And it reminded me of an old movie I like, uh, The Replacements, with Keanu Reeves in it when he, in the one part of the movie when he goes, uh, yeah, uh, it's like quicksand. When, you know, every move you make, you get deeper and deeper. And yep. it seems like that's what the Cowboys were doing last night. Man. You know, I mean, and, uh, the, the announcer even asked on, the, I mean, he even mentioned on the uh, sportscast last night when he was saying about, talking about the game. But now they threw one pass, and the guy just hit the guy so hard. He was like, don't try that West Coast offense stuff on us. We created that. Yeah, you right. know? And I, felt, I felt like, man, there's nothing we can do that, um, that's going to that's gonna work. You know, I'm a longtime Cowboys fan, but I'm on my way to work. I think I'm going to have to put a bag over my head today. Like, <laughs> you know, um...
2: Yeah, it's a <laughs> rough one at the office today for all the Cowboys fans. Daryl, thank you so much for the call. Try to keep your head up. Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan. Can we, Pete, he admitted that this win did mean more.
1: I was real excited about us this week. I knew it was our biggest game as um, as far as, so far this year as far as nationally and just media-wise and the hype. And sometimes you get worried your team might get too up for stuff. And um, But just watching them all Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they were so locked in all week they didn't make too big of a deal of this game.
2: That was Shanahan. I That's
3: kind of scary. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: This one, they, they, they didn't make too big of a deal of. I mean, listen, they knew that this was going to be another statement game. And to Daryl's point, who called in from California, you're right. Chris Collinsworth did say this on the broadcast. The Cowboys are running what they're calling Texas Coast, yeah. like a West Coast offense, That you know, a version of it. And the 49ers are looking at that and saying, we invented that. Like, there's no way <laughs> you're going to beat us with a thing that's ingrained in our DNA going back to the 80s.
3: By the end of the game, he was saying Texas Coast with such sarcasm, yeah. Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> I feel like we can't even talk about Texas Coast anymore. It's done, right? No,
2: it's over. They need to come up with something else. And that's why I think McCarthy should wear a lot of this today because they had no answers. You just want to surrender and say, okay, we went up against a great defense. But now this is three in a row that you've played against the 49ers. 12 points, 17 points, 10 points. You don't have Kellen Moore to kick around anymore. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of creativity and some inventiveness where you can try to put up any better of a fight against the 49ers. You can't just let them keep you know pushing you and stomping you around.
3: Do you think the Eagles could put up a fight against this defense, this the Niners defense? Because... You saw
2: Jalen Hurts running a little more yesterday. I noticed that because yeah. you said that he didn't want to run now that he's gotten paid, and that was not. Yesterday he had to run a little bit.
3: Yeah, I don't know if there's any team out there. I think that even we're talking about the Dolphins are the greatest show on surf. I'm not sure what offense would have success against the Niners right now. I think we might be looking at an all-time defense.
2: Which is funny because what was the chatter before the year, right? Michael Parsons was going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I believe yes. it was DJ Reed who said the Jets were going to be the 85 Bears. Am I remembering that correctly? Well, no. Uh,
3: that one nobody took seriously. But okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of 85 Bears references being made, and I don't remember any of them being made to the 49ers. It's not the same type of defense, obviously, but it looks like the Niners are the ones with the runaway oh, defense.
3: Yeah, but I mean, the Niners had the reputation. They had the defense Player of the Year. Everyone sure. knew they were legit. Defensive defense.
2: Player of the Year who didn't play a snap in training camp preseason, yeah. all of that stuff. So some questions about Bosa coming in.
3: I think there was after the Cowboys ran through the Giants that week one, oh, that might be the eighty five Bears defense. By the way, let's not give up on that defense. It was one bad game for them. I, I think the Cowboys are going to write the shit, be twelve and five and go out in the second round because apparently NFL history repeats itself. <laughs> the question is now I think the I I think the number one question in the NFL, can anyone slow down the Niners at all? We looking at maybe even Listen, they'll probably lose next week at Cleveland, one o'clock Eastern. I don't see many losses on that I schedule was gonna at say, all.
2: Is there? Is this a seventeen and zero?
3: I don't think so because they'll have letdowns. But
2: I don't think it's going to be against Cleveland. You you think that? I, I, don't I
3: no, think I am so. not saying that. I do think that's a dangerous spot coming off this game on a Sunday night, going on the you know East Coast time in Cleveland. Who's coming off a bye? I just think that could be one of the ugliest games ever. Deshaun Watson seems to play nothing but ugly games in Cleveland. (laughs) So who knows? And Miles Garrett, Brock Purdy looks great. You know, can they answer Miles Garrett? I just think that there, I, you know, I'm saying this, but I don't think there's a lot of, L's on that schedule well, at all. Well, look at
2: it. You're at Cleveland, but then yeah. next week you're at Minnesota, but that's the Monday night game, and we know about Kirk Cousins in primetime, so yeah. basically pencil that as a W. <laughs> then you get to welcome in the Bengals. We'll see what's up with Joe Burrow then. At Jacksonville, that's a 1 o'clock Eastern start. Maybe that's a little bit of a tricky one. Tampa, I mean, you're Eagles, but it's an afternoon game. I you're right. Ooh,
3: at Philly. Okay, that that is a place where the Niners might not want to go after okay. last year
2: okay but if Brock Purdy stays healthy I hate to break it to you they're probably playing in the Super Bowl not your Eagles
3: well yeah but Brock Purdy is going to Philly on this Sunday December 3rd I would not have Brock Purdy do a seventh step drop in that game yeah, <laughs> because not don't killed don't try him last to, week you know, don't
2: try to block uh, you know the Eagles best defensive ends with a tight end a backup yeah, tight end I
3: might even take the L there just to protect Purdy
2: uh, <laughs> just leave him in San Francisco Well, that no. actually is a,
3: is a real downside about Brock Purdy he's tiny same thing with Tua. Yeah. Like that is six a big... one, right? Uh, I don't know. Brock Purdy's six one, maybe. I mean, what do you think so he he's weighs? As. What do you think he he's listed at six one?
2: Yeah.
3: Uh I don't think he weighs more than two hundred five. So I, I do think he has definitely health, health concerns. Just like Tua. It's the same issue. So Sam Darnold did get in last night. I already guarantee you Sam Darnold will win a playoff game for the Niners. <laughs> yeah. You will admit how'd
2: how that look, last night?
3: Oh, it was fine. I mean they have what? They weren't doing anything. I think he
2: gained like five yards. Yeah, <laughs> but they terrible. just he tur-
3: turned around and handed the ball off like every time. That was not, that. was terrible. <laughs>
2: I'm just Come saying. on. So, do
3: you think Sam Darnold could have won that game for the Niners last night?
2: Uh, listen, I don't think Sam Darnold's a very good quarterback. This yeah. is this is not a personal indictment on Sam Darnold whatsoever. But I, I just don't. I don't think he's very good. I think that he would have given the Cowboys a few more chances there.
3: What do you think Brock Purdy would have been like if the Jets had drafted him in the seventh round? He would have done nothing. <laughs> Come on, you got to you gotta consider the situation that Sam Darnold has been in. We have no idea. I really want to see Sam Darnold under Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think it'd be fascinating. Well, if
2: they keep uh, you know blowing teams out, you're going to see a lot of Sam Darnold in no, garbage time.
3: See them in a competitive game where they have to run pass plays and he can throw to Debo. I mean, how hard is it to throw to Debo George Kittle, we okay. keep flip flopping right here. Yeah, no, I know exactly.
2: This Brock- is why Brock Purdy is not the MVP. You just made the case for the, me. The here. NFL
3: has given the MVP to system quarterbacks a million times. There's no reason they wouldn't do it here.
2: Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. Let's get some poll questions going up here.
3: Let's start with: Is Brock Purdy a legit MVP candidate? I think
2: that's a that's the first one, Ryan, for at Maggie and Pearl on the tweets. Um, we have another one. I, I I do not blame the Cowboys' defense last night. I don't know how we turn that into a poll question. Who's more to blame for the Cowboys? Cowboys Often. D or Dak. Cowboys or D- Dak slash McCarthy.
3: Do you need a hot tub in Arizona?
2: Do you? Who needs a hot tub? In?
3: Yeah, Brock Purdy's parents sell hot tubs in Arizona, apparently do very well, but it's so hot, I don't know what you need a hot tub for. Well, I it, get it in Vermont.
4: It would be like when you go in a cold tub to yeah. rest your, your
3: muscles right? during yeah. the winter. That happens.
2: Yeah, but they're not outside, right? (laughs) Yeah, but still,
3: I mean, still cold. I don't think any of us are cold tub people here.
2: I'm definitely
4: not. I gonna give it a try.
2: I tried for like a week to at the end of my shower to just turn it on real cold for a second. Like just give you that jolt. It feels great, but I just can't muster it. I hate it. Jumping into a cold plunge, I feel like it's going to stop my heart.
3: Yeah, I've, do- I've done a mini polar plunge during a Minnesota Super Bowl week. It was terrible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, a mini? Well, How'd you I w- go half?
3: I actually, I guess it was a full polar plunge. I went into a pool of ice water in Minnesota. It was about zero degrees out, but I got right out. It's not like I went to the ocean and spent 10 minutes in there.
2: Wait, was this outside or inside? Outside. Oh, wow.
3: There's video of it. Yeah, I, It wasn't that big a deal, but I jumped in and then got right out.
2: I, it still feels like you're doing something. It's supposed to be cleansing, right? It's supposed to be like wake up your senses.
4: It, it is. I did it once. Uh, Long Beach, Long Island has yeah. the polar bear plunge. Yeah. I did it once. New Year's Day. Yeah, it, it's it's like. How was it? it? It was, I exhilarating. It was exhilarating. It was. It was a. It was a good feeling. But it it the first time you go in is the worst time. Like right that first couple seconds, and yeah. then after that, it's fine.
2: I don't even like to go into a pool if it's like less than eighty five. <laughs> I'm not good with cold water. I don't, which coincides nicely with my fear of big open bodies of water. So I generally just stay out of most lakes and oceans.
3: Wait, you have a fear of big bodies of water? Yeah,
2: no, no, thank you.
3: Why lakes? What's wrong with a lake? The bottom. Can't see the bottom. Yeah, it's not good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my my imagination is too too much for a big body of water. So I'm gonna you know, guess you're not a
4: Jaws fan.
2: Not a Jaws fan. Although Perloff has the more fear of sharks than I do. Um, I just, I don't, I, I don't know what's down there. You don't know. And I don't know.
3: You know, you, when we started this show, for those of us, those of you who don't know us, Maggie sort of reached out to me and said, Hey, let's do a show on CBS sports radio. I think you wanted to find somebody who's actually more neurotic than you <laughs> to, to go across from you to make you look better I know. because this is, I think you might be more neurotic than me. Large bodies of water.
2: I can't, I can't with the ocean. <laughs> I, I love the beach, and I love sunbathing on the beach. Probably not good for you, but I can't get in. It's, okay. It's a fatal flaw. I also have no desire.
3: You have a young child. What what if he wants to go in and play in the waves?
2: Uh, my husband's all about it. Okay. That's a dad thing.
3: Let me ask you, roller coasters?
2: I've done them before.
3: You don't seem happy
2: about it. Not them. thrilled. <laughs> you want to know why? I'm so worried I'm going to be one of those people that get stuck upside down. You know, like every summer there's like one story like that where the roller coaster gets stuck. Ryan, you're nodding along. Is this also a fear of yours? I'm with you. That's the worst spot to be. Could you imagine? All the blood rush into your head? What, what happens? It's going to take them an hour minimum to get you down. It happened to me. It happened to you?
4: Yeah, but not not as extreme as others. there's a, a There was a ride at one music park called the Looping Star where it just goes around Yeah, in a circle. Right, right, right. right. It got stuck in the up position, the, the top position for... Maybe five minutes, okay. Because they had an issue, but still, you're upside down. All the change is falling out of your pocket, and the <laughs> blood's rushing to your head. You, it's. For Do your five fingers minutes. get tingly, yeah.
2: like like when your hands fall asleep or your legs fall asleep, oh, when the blood's away from it? Yeah,
4: it, it, it was, I was screaming, I was yelling, I was cursing, it, was, it, was, it wasn't great, and that's five minutes, imagine people being up there for like 20 minutes.
2: Love Pete in an emergency, screaming, cursing, yelling, way to stay calm, pal.
4: Oh yeah, no, no way, <laughs> not in that situation.
2: Oh man, yeah. it's like, everyone stay calm, and here's Bilotti, just like, ah. get me out of here! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get you out of here, I mean, everyone wants to get out Let's of here. Let's go! This. See, that's why. That's the roller coaster fear. Wow. I'll find anything.
3: <laughs> I don't know if we should share all this with the audience. It <laughs> makes it sound kind of like wimps.
4: It's actually very therapeutic. I, I feel a little better. The, <laughs> by sharing it or yeah. the screaming? by yeah, sharing Oh, okay. no,
3: by hanging upside down. I thought you were like, that's... And then, you know, some people do that. They hang upside down to let the blood rush through their body.
2: Yeah, like Batman. That's how Batman sleeps.
7: The new therapy. Yeah. Stuck upside down.
2: <laughs> upside down therapy. Come out. Uh, you're cured. you were you were a mess before now you're totally zen 855-212-4CBS lots more to do including conversation about Bill Belichick back-to-back worst losses he's ever had as a head coach so what does the future hold for the future Hall of Famer we get to that don't move Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio
3: we're back here on Maggie and Perloff I have a sad that's gonna blow your mind Maggie go ahead a lot of people don't like passer rating. There's a ESPN has their own rating QBR, but it is indicative of something, right? So, <laughs> who leads the league in passer rating? in your uh, guess?
2: Oh, uh, is this Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy won okay. one twenty three
3: point one, which is amazing. Tua is second. Justin Herbert is third. Guess who's fourth in the entire NFL in passer rating?
2: Is this a Jalen Hurts? Are you said no, me no, up no, for no, Jalen Hurts. No, here? it is
3: a quarterback of one of the worst teams in the league.
2: One of the worst teams in the league?
3: Maybe the worst. Well, back no. Jones? No, Russell Wilson is oh. fourth <laughs> in the entire NFL. You stumped me. He has a 106.1 passer rating, which is enough to win the MVP in most seasons. Russell Wilson's numbers are fire under Sean Payton. And,
2: and it and means absolutely zero. It means absolutely
3: zero because that is the least effort I've ever seen by a defense in my entire life. And the Jets... They made Zach Wilson look competent, which is a huge accomplishment by a defense. (laughs) So, but my point is that Sean Payton is not totally at fault because he's an offensive guy and you and I differ on this offensive guys. They don't know what's happening on defense. That's
2: not their problem. Wait, Sean Payton just got a hundred million dollars. We think to coach the Denver Broncos and he can say, uh, defense, go do your thing. That is such a cop out for a coach. Who's hoping to go into the hall of fame at some point. You have to be responsible for every facet. I'm not saying you have to be a genius on the defensive side, but that is completely on the head coach as well. It falls under his capabilities.
3: He's got Russell Wilson from last. Remember what Russell Wilson did last year? He's got Russell Wilson to the point where he has 11 touchdowns and two picks. If he went into the owners in the offseason and said, I will fix Russell Wilson to this degree, they would be like, yes, bring it on. I know Wilson then fumbled up the game at the end.
2: Yeah, I mean, who knew how that game was going to end? That was one of the weirdest Games where teams kept, you know, back and forth, just trading mistakes. And then finally, Russell Wilson gets chased down from behind. It was uh, basically like a sack fumble that gets scooped up by Bryce Hall of the Jets, and he scores, and that put the icing on.
3: See, I don't think Sean Payton had no expectations this year. What was their team win total? It was seven and a half games. Sean, last year was disappointing. Nathaniel Hackett came into Denver, and everyone thought they'd be a Super Bowl contender. No one in their right mind thought they'd be a Super Bowl contender this year. So, Sean Payton, these are not his guys. Okay. This is not his team. So, how can you judge him on this? Uh,
2: first of all, they spend almost a quarter of a billion dollars in free agency. Sean Payton was in the building for all of that. So, you can't say none of his guys. And I don't think there was Super Bowl expectations on Denver, but I think the expectation was not to be one of the worst teams in the league. Yes. And to have your defense seem like they are uninterested in tackling, of course that has to fall on the head coach. That's not just all on Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator. It's all
3: on Vance Joseph.
2: To be prepared to play and have a sense of wanting to do your job with pride, that has to be on the head coach. And think about what you're paying Russell Wilson, $165 million guaranteed, right. Sean Payton, $100 million First three first-round picks for both of them, multiple seconds and right. third-round picks. Think of everything you've mortgaged to try to get these two guys together. I think the expectation to not be one of the worst teams in the league is fair.
3: Sean Payton signed a ten-year deal. This is a ten-year. Pro- He's got to revamp this whole team. He's got to get rid of the entire defense first of all. I don't. He may keep Russell but Wilson. He might move on. He's got to get a new receiving core. Their receivers are terrible. Yep. And not only that, everybody gets hurt. The entire team is injured. So I, I don't think anyone who is following the Broncos closely can blame Payton for any of this. Oh, my gosh, are
2: you're, you're giving him such a pass.
3: A pass. I mean, he just got there. What this is. George Payton's made so many mistakes personnel wise. There is no coach in the league. Who's going to make Jerry Judy good. Okay. It's just never going to happen. You
2: know what? I got to say Aaron Rodgers was right about this. Aaron Rodgers called this when Sean Payton aired out Nathaniel Hackett and said he did one of the worst coaching jobs in the league. Aaron Rodgers came out and said, it's sad that you have to denigrate the former coach to basically have a built-in excuse for why you're so bad this year. There's such a thing as the first year coaching bump that exists for people like Sean Payton to come in and at least look better than you did the year before. And they look worse. I mean, that's saying they something. don't
3: really look worse.
2: The defense looks They're, so much worse.
3: Well, the defense looks worse, but look at all the injuries. I mean, what are they supposed to do? They have about six guys, about eight guys on defense who are out. Then Javante Williams finally comes back. their best running back and he gets hurt. Although they did look good at the running back. Uh, their only reliable receiver, I've decided their only guy who can consistently produce Tim Patrick, was hurt. So the fact that Russell looks okay, to me, is a small victory for Sean
2: Ben. <laughs> Man, you are really handing out participation trophies here. I mean, is Jaleel McLaughlin, was he even drafted? You've got all this high-priced talent on the Denver Broncos, and basically this undrafted guy right, was the one who's hurt. The, who was the biggest bright spot yeah. for your team yesterday.
3: Uh, yeah, th- I listen That receiving core is That's secretly the worst in the NFL They make so many small mistakes But it doesn't also even matter Also on Sean Payton No, no, it's that I've watched that team closely My buddy Case Keenan was in Denver Yep their receiving core has been bad for five straight years. They make the quarterbacks look so bad. They make so many mistakes. They run the wrong route so many times. Okay,
2: then what are they paying Sean Payton for then? He's
3: got to revamp the roster. He's got to build his own guys. He's got like New Orleans. He's got to bring his guys in. It, it takes more than, than six games.
2: I I think it was fair to expect them to not be a he took over, bottom dweller. He took, took over a
3: five-win team.
2: Yeah, and they're going to have less wins this year. They're going, they're going backwards. They're not going forwards.
3: Give him... Three years before you make any <laughs> three judgment. Three years.
2: I'd hope so. The dude thinks he's a Hall of Fame coach. I'd hope giving him three years would look a lot better. Just in time for, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes to have his first devastating injury.
3: Uh, listen, I mean, if you took over a college program and you didn't have any of your recruits there or any of your tra- like, except for Dion, that, that takes time.
5: <laughs> you give every other
3: coach time. He took over a five-win team. I mean, is anyone saying, oh, okay, like the other new coaches around the league, like, oh, Jonathan Gannon's a disaster because Arizona's not winning every game? Or or Shane Steckin well, is winning a lot of games? Or yeah. D'Amico Ryans? Exactly. Arizona
2: was expected to be competing for the number one overall pick. It they still, still are. Is. Right, right. De- Denver has a future Hall of Fame quarterback and maybe head coach. But
3: they won five games last year. Then their win total was seven this year.
2: Yeah, and they're probably going to win three.
3: I don't know. I actually wouldn't count them out. If Russell can play decent football and they if they get anybody off the street to play in their defensive backfield, they will win some games.
2: No, but you're telling me that Russell is playing well and they're still losing. No, you're can, telling me he's got the fourth highest passer rating in the no, entire if, league and they're losing. If he
3: keeps playing this way, they're yeah. going to win some football games.
2: Well, how about the report from Schefter earlier uh, on Sunday that everyone was, was that the report? Everyone on the Broncos roster?
3: No, no, defense.
2: Everyone on the defensive yeah. side is potentially on the trade block. I mean, I love this because, as you guys know, I'm a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. Please trade for Patrick Sertan. Yeah, I think please, there was... Please, please, please.
3: I think there might have been an implied except for Sertan. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, then
2: don't say everybody and get my hopes up.
3: Well, Frank Clark, he can have.
2: Uh eh. I don't know if that's what they need. They definitely need Patrick Sertan, yeah, and see, I, I would trade a first round pick for him. By the way,
3: the Bills pass rush did get after it a little bit. No, they, the Bills pass rush. I don't is even know if they need. They, they've been fine. Yeah, I'm not sure they need Von Miller. Fine, no, no. they've been dominant. I mean, the Bills came in where they they were top five defense coming into that game.
2: Yeah, but they because the Miami numbers made it look really really good. Like I think people were taking and the uh, game against the Commanders. Yeah, they had five takeaways in that game.
3: Yeah, I th- I think the Bills' defense is maybe going to be okay. I do worry about those back end injuries. But Milano, you said it coming into the year. And by the way, don't be surprised. You told me coming into the year Matt Milano was going to get hurt.
2: Yeah, I thought for a couple games. I didn't think they'd lose him <laughs> for the whole year <laughs> before we get to Halloween. This is bad. But Patrick Sertain, I mean, everyone is going to – there could be quite a bit anymore for him. He's like he's the like, only good part of that Denver defense.
3: I Now I'm not even sure about that.
2: He did a good job on Garrett Wilson yesterday.
3: Uh I don't know. Uh, I think they keep Sertain, but the tackling is, I mean, Brees Hall is all of a sudden Walter Payton. What's happening there? The uh, Broncos, running back. the lack of tackling. The fact that you're blaming Sean Payton, that's like giving Kyle Shanahan credit because Fred Warner is awesome. They, these offensive coaches have no idea what's happening in the defensive room.
2: Wait, Ryan, someone had called in, and they dropped off because we were talking about Sean Payton too much. Were, were they offering, was that an offer for me? No, more okay.
7: of a question of, because of your fears, would you yeah. want to take a ride with the Blue Angels or somewhere in that realm?
2: Would I go and... Were the- they
7: with the Blue Angels? Did not sound like it, no. Okay. <laughs> so I don't think you could have gotten in there if you said yes and you were open to it, but I guess more just yeah, hypothetical.
2: Okay, would I fly with the Blue Angels? Uh,
3: that's a big offer from somebody who has no affiliation with the blue angels (laughs) to say, Hey, do you want to fly with the blue
2: angels? Now I feel like I got this decision to make and I don't even know if it's a real proposition.
3: What if you got to do a flyover at a Buffalo game? That'd be amazing.
2: So that's going to be a no for me because I had a, what I would describe as a near death experience. I was not near death. I was totally safe, but in my mind it was near death because I got to ride in an Indy car once with Mario Andretti and they told me that this is the safest place you can be is riding in an indie car with is Mario that open, Andretti.
3: Is that open? Yeah,
2: and I said, no, I could be in my house. That's safer. I could be under the covers of my bed. That's safer. Mario Andretti, on the straightaway, hit like 200 miles an hour, and I lost it. And then meanwhile, he was a prince of a guy, like super nice. I felt so honored to be able to meet him and interview him after. But Mario Andretti's like, 85. He took the helmet off. I was like, "Whoa, Grandpa!" Gramps was just. Grandpa was just like, "Uh, we were just flying down a straightaway in Tampa, Florida." So
3: this was Mario Andretti Sr.
2: Yeah, this was probably. Is it
3: his son, Eraser, too?
2: Yeah, yeah, and the grandson. Um, this was probably six or seven years ago. It was me and a couple of guys from the Tampa Bay Bucks. Got to ride with Mario Andretti one at a time, obviously. Huh. Meanwhile they take off my cell phone just goes flying out the back. I mean, it was rough. So no, no to the Blue Angels. Blue they said Angels with a straight
7: is... face. Yeah. It's what? the safest place you could be. They said with the straight face.
2: Safest place you could be, Sheesh. lady. I'm like, "Nah."
3: Blue, Blue Angels true. is are those fast planes that go over the stadium, right? Yeah. I'm yes. assuming. Yeah. Yeah. She's not doing that. Have you that. seen
7: those videos of people passing out in them? Yeah, that'd be because of the pressure. Yeah. Ooh. does that I... seem like a lot of fun.
2: It's like does a chewing a piece of gum like when you take off <laughs> on like a Delta flight to clear oh. your ears? I don't think the same thing works.
3: I told this story on Boise radio. Uh, I went on a four-man, four-person flight in Idaho and had a bloody nose and they had to make an emergency landing in a oh, field. Because no. the pressure it was too much for me. I think it was a panic attack bloody nose.
2: <laughs> your brain just gave up?
3: Yeah, yeah. I was. I told this whole story. I dated a woman whose grandparents lived in Elk City, Idaho. And the only way to get in there is really fly. You could drive two hours out of your way in the Nesperce Mountains. And... I was up there, and I'm, like, terrified. I'm like, uh, I'm bleeding everywhere right now. <laughs> I said to the pilot, it's like, yeah, that's not good. Let's land over here in that field. <laughs> Which we say we're going to do anyway, I think.
2: <laughs> sure. They love making emergency landings. People Those little are-
7: planes, terrifying.
2: Really scary. Hey, Andrew Bogus is here to make us feel better. Good morning, uh, Bogus.
7: Maybe not. You said this was six years ago, Andrew? Like so he's 83 right now.
2: Okay, so, yeah, he's probably, like, 77.
7: Doing 200. Mm-hmm yeah no thanks
2: yeah <laughs> thank you hard pass so I'm gonna say
7: no <laughs> stay on the ground you two-seater how do they modify that car to get a second person in there
2: just he's in the front you're in the back and like you're
7: yeah still no thanks yeah. in the back like uh, when everyone piles in the station wagon
2: and
3: you're that little area <laughs> yeah. in the back just have scrunched knees up up to my yeah. chest
2: yeah I gave uh, me a helmet Which I appreciate. Oh, thanks. Uh,
7: Headlines are sponsored by Northern Tool and Equipment. Get the tools you need from the brands you trust. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. You can't play the Giants, Jets, and Patriots every week. The Cowboys allowed 41 points total over their first four games then the Niners outscored everybody on one night.
1: Here's the snap. Purdy back on a play fake, looking lots of the end zone. Kittle's got it. Touchdown, 49ers. Third touchdown catch of the night for George Kittle, and San Francisco tax on. Now up 27 to 10. Seven twenty to go in the third quarter.
7: That's Ryan Radke on Westwood one. Purdy and Kittle connecting three times. Purdy adding a fourth TD throw to fullback Kyle Usechek. Three ints meanwhile from Dak Prescott. The Niners roll 42-10. That's Dallas' worst loss since 2013. Your thoughts, Mike McCarthy?
5: We did not hit the mark at all today.
7: Uh, his team is now 3-2. and two. Plenty of injuries to worry about after yesterday. Giants QB Daniel Jones finally broken by that useless offensive line. Jones suffered a neck injury when sack for a sixth time in a 31-16 loss in Miami. Further imaging for him today. Justin Jefferson hurt a hamstring in the Vikings' 27-20 home loss to the Chiefs. There was Matt Milano's likely major leg injury in the Bills' loss to the Jags in London. And Anthony Richardson now dealing with a right shoulder injury, having already missed time with a concussion. Colts head coach Shane Steichen on playing with fire with the rookie QB.
0: Obviously, one of his skill set is a runner. That what makes him really good. Um, you know, the design runs... The design run that he got hurt on, we ran something similar to that last week where he popped it for a big one.
7: Gardner Minshew won in relief for the second time this season, 23-16 over Tennessee. Jonathan Taylor a six carries, 18 yards in his season debut, while Zach Moss ran it for a career-high 165 and two scores for Indy.
2: How about did you that? Think,
3: uh, you think Irsay <laughs> regretted paying Jonathan Taylor after Zach Moss did that? I know he did.
2: <laughs> I mean, first of all, so everything's cool now? I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's all business 42
3: million yeah everything's cool
2: no but I didn't think that the Colts were going to put that offer out on the table either like I'm surprised that this got done and yes then Zach Moss goes off and shows that basically in the right scheme and against the right opponent any running back can be a world beater
3: the funny thing is I think everyone thinks in their head Ursay made a mistake paying Jonathan Taylor and earlier in the year everyone was feeling bad for running backs but now you see why they're not getting paid this is a perfect example There's no reason they need Jonathan Taylor in Indy.
2: Well, another perfect example for the running back situation is Saquon Barkley didn't play for the second straight game. So it's like another guy who didn't get paid, but he's not even on the field.
7: But the Johns are terrible, extra terrible without him.
2: Extra terrible. But would he even be able to make a difference? You said it yourself. Their offensive line is a sieve. And their
7: defense is the worst in the
2: league. Second worst behind Denver.
7: But then there's also Christian McCaffrey, who is at least on the periphery of an MVP
3: conversation. That's true. Uh, what about that? Remember Dalvin Cook? Everyone wanted Dalvin Cook in the offseason. He is a distant <laughs> second on that depth chart behind Brees Hall. So I don't know. I hate to say it. The way the season's playing out, it confirms don't pay running backs.
7: Okay, but are you going to prepare to say if Brock Purdy wins MVP to stop drafting first-round quarterbacks? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, if Sam Howell's in the top ten of that. No, yeah. of course
3: I'm not. That's a great point. But running backs – I did, that's a totally different. That's the worst analogy I ever heard. Bogus. It's not
7: the worst. You, you trap trap me. In it can't possibly there.
3: be. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm like,
7: well, that is bogus making a good point here. What, what does Brock Purdy have to do with Jonathan Taylor's contract? Well, I just, I, cause I think that while well, I understand all of the logic in, well, most of it in not paying running backs, nobody gets penalized more than that position for what every single person from that position does. Like right. here in New York, Evan Neal's garbage, but no one's going to stop gar- drafting offensive linemen in the first round. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl without Tyree Hill, People are still going to draft wide receivers in the first round. Brock Purdy might win is an MVP after five weeks, but no one's going to stop taking four quarterbacks in the first six picks in the spring. But running backs suck, and now you can't have them, and you can't give them any money. But well,
3: there's so many late round running backs who do well. Jaleel McLaughlin. I don't know if he got drafted at all. Denver. There's so many guys yeah. who exceed who are not first round picks.
7: But there's also I, and. I think in my mind there's a short list of guys that at running back that should get paid. Taylor's one of them, Barkley's nope. one of them, nope. McCaffrey's one of them. Well,
3: definitely not Barkley. If they pay him, they're insane. The guy can't stay on the field at all.
2: Yeah, I, I I wouldn't have done it. I I guess like the other thing is I think the flip side of this is you're gonna see running backs now going in the first round. Because it's like, all right, I'll take a B. John Robinson or I'll take a Jameer Gibbs because I'll get his best years in the first couple years of that rookie deal. And then I just will never give him a second contract.
3: I get your logic. makes perfect sense. But if the Lions had a mulligan, I guarantee they would not take Gibbs at 12. That was a waste of
2: Well, him. it was a crazy pick at the time. But, but listen, they're not they're using
3: all... him at, at all. I know, but. They could have gotten an undrafted free agent out of Youngstown State like Julio McLaughlin. <laughs> And use him. There's no reason Gibbs is on that offense. He adds nothing right now.
2: No, but I think Bijan Robinson adds something to the Atlanta Falcons' offense. I mean, their offense hasn't had been gangbusters yeah. the last couple of weeks. But if you don't plan on giving him a second contract, you get their best years right up front.
3: Okay. G- yes, but they could run last year. Just the Gibbs. I think the Gibbs pick is is a warning to the NFL. Like I get your logic, but if you don't need him, I mean. David Montgomery all of a sudden looks like an all-world running back. They It's just complicated. Well,
2: let's wait and see when the Lions have to win a big game outdoors in the cold and see how much they might be relying on the running backs then.
3: Yes, David Montgomery. Gibbs is on the bench.
2: <laughs> I know, but you, do you think David <laughs> Montgomery is going to stay healthy the whole year?
3: Good
7: point. I don't know. Uh, let's do some playoff baseball. They're amazing season. Now, one loss from being over. The Orioles falling into an 0-2 hole with an 11-8 home loss to the Rangers. The best of five resumes tomorrow in Texas. The Twins got a split in Houston 6-2-3 RBI for former Astro Carlos Correa. Uh, Somebody on the show this morning, Hickey, I believe, predicted a Georgia loss this weekend. They blew out Kentucky instead, strengthened their hold on number one in the AP poll. The Bulldogs adding 15 first-place votes, earning 50 total. Michigan, Ohio State, FSU, Oklahoma complete the top five. USC won in Triple OT for the third straight week, but dropped for the third straight week, now number 10. Uh, The great Seth Davis now writes for a website called The Messenger, and he's reporting that the Big 12 has resumed high-level talks with Gonzaga. Commissioner Brett Yormark has briefed members on the Zags joining Obviously, for basketball first and foremost, and maybe only as soon as next academic year. The Las Vegas Aces now six for six this postseason, taking game one of the WNBA Finals from the Liberty, ninety nine eighty two. 82. And finally, the man that most likely stands between Perloff and I driving to San Antonio next spring is Blazers rookie guard Scoot Henderson. Uh, we'll see if he's better at basketball than Victor Webanyama, but can Wemby sing Mary J. Blige? <laughs> I apologize for the bad audio quality. The Blazers would not share this officially because they don't have the rights to the song. So this is like secondhand audio from mm. their fan fest yesterday. But that's Scoot <laughs> Singing and dancing to Family Affair. And it's, it's not terrible.
2: Listen, if this whole Rookie of the Year thing doesn't work out, at least he can win the team talent show. That's a nice <laughs> consolation prize. bogish thank you so much. Appreciate that. Coming up, another disappointment from a major college football team who may have squandered their best shot at the college football playoff. We'll get to that. A lot more NFL to hit you with as well. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
0: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: Welcome back to Maggie and Proloff. We get back to Cowboys 49ers in just a moment, but Proloff and I do not agree about whether Sean Payton is to blame for the Denver Broncos being off to a terrible start so far this year. I mean, one in four on the season, you just lost the Nate Hackett bowl to the jets yesterday. I mean, if, if Zach Wilson doesn't throw a pick late in that game, this looks even worse for the Denver Broncos. I think it has to fall on the head coach.
3: Well, I'm not putting zero blame on Sean Payton, but the problem is the personnel he inherited a bad team, and he might have thought, and I think a lot of people thought, "Oh, there's talent here," but there is not. No, there's a total lack of heart on both sides of the ball. I just think the fact that Sean Payton has Russell Wilson playing relatively well, minus some key mistakes, <laughs> is kind of a miracle after last <laughs> season. Think what
2: you just said there, Sam is in Colorado. Sam, good morning. How are you?
5: Good morning. I'm doing fine. How are you folks doing? Best shape of our lives. What do you got? Uh, well, welcome to the early show. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Um, bro, I've got to take issue with you giving Sean Payton a free pass on this dumpster fire we call the <laughs> Broncos. Yep. Okay. Um, keep one thing in mind the, the defense is the biggest problem, and he hired Vance Joseph. He had choices other than Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph is has been pretty much a complete failure his whole coaching process. Uh, yeah, run. The uh, I think uh, out of all of his uh, his defensive coordinator, I think one year his defense was in the top five, and the rest of the time it's been at the bottom of the league. Mm. The guy is a no talent bum. Wow! Jeez, oh,
2: Sam. And I mean, I was know. a no talent, but you're right on the fact that, and thank you for the phone call and the warm welcome to the morning. Uh, you're right about the fact that it does fall on Peyton because he is the one who hired the coordinator, and then it's also you know coaching your coaches. And listen, I think that Saints fans will probably look at this and say, "Huh, this looks very familiar." Which was Sean Payton in New Orleans, who many years were squandered. Partially because Jubilee, Jubries took every dollar, which makes it hard to build a team. However, also because there was a lack of attention and detail to the defense. How do you make this mistake again?
3: So you're saying Sean Payton didn't succeed in New Orleans? Like, I'd take New Orleans at this point.
2: No, but they... Don't you think they probably left a little bit on the bone there no, considering their do, defense was not, I do not bad?
3: I think Sean Payton's run in New Orleans was unbelievable.
2: A lot of eight and eight seasons in there, dude. Yeah, I
3: know because the team gets old and they have to pay guys. That's what happens. They had a, a run of sustained success that was pretty remarkable. And the fact that they reinvented the team towards the end of Sean Payton and probably should have gone in the Super Bowl is incredible. I, I just think that this team he inherited, this is not his team yet. The, and it's clearly, as bad as the defense was in New Orleans, it was nothing like this. In fact, they got good kind of by the end of the Sean Payton stay there. Vance Joseph was a mistake. He was a terrible head coach in Denver. I'm sure that's why that caller was so mad at him. There were so many game situations. He screwed up as a Broncos head coach. And honestly, I had no idea Vance Joseph was going to be this bad. I mean, we know Vance Joseph. So the
2: defensive coordinator for last year was Elviro Giro. He yeah. And he was,
3: got hired somewhere else. He got
2: hired by the Carolina Panthers. Right. I mean, that hurt. I think also, did you, did you do enough to try to keep him? I mean, clearly he was able to do a lot with the same personnel. Like last year, this defense was actually the best part of the team. They were representable this year. They're not. It's basically the same guys.
3: Has it dawned on you that this two years in a row that we might have overrated the Broncos? <laughs> that there might be something rotten to the core that needs huh? to be rooted out? Like Sean Payton needs time here to take whatever whatever was wrong. It was Maybe it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett last year. Maybe there were bigger problems. Maybe it's no, not it's Russell not- Wilson's office. No, I don't know. It, I definitely don't think but it year was. But they just got new
2: owner- ownership, right? Yeah, just
3: got new ownership. Right. And you can't immediately do it. Honestly, last year I think was more injuries than people are giving it credit for. This year is a lot of injuries, too. I think he needs to really reset this roster yeah.
2: a difficult night for Cowboys and their fans this one was hard to stomach the gap between the Cowboys and the 49ers maybe a bit deeper and a bit wider than at least the Cowboys would have thought we'll get to that 855-212-4CBS don't move Maggie at Pearl off on this Monday morning on CBS Sports Radio